This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a volunteer-based community access station. For more information, go to www.radiokidnappers.org.nz. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this program available through funding the Access Internet Radio Project. You're tuned to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawke's Bay. This is a program called Your Time to Shine. And it's our pleasure, as always, to have in the studio Celine Harlow, who is uh, the host of Your Time to Shine. <laughs> how are you going, Celine? I'm very well. How are you doing? Good. It seems like forever since we saw you. but Absolutely. It's been a couple of months. You've been away. You're having a good time. Yeah. Living hard. life. Yeah, living life. That's what life's all about, isn't it? <laughs> that's right. You can't do anything <laughs> no, else anyway. Right. And were you shining in your, uh, in your last two months? Was it your time to shine in that time? It's you always been... my time to shine. Is it your time to shine every day? Is it? I mean, if we looked at ourselves in the mirror, is it our time to shine that day, or do we have it some off days? It should be, even though we don't, even if we don't think it, sh- it is. Yeah. We, even if we're having a bad day, still is. Now today we're going to talk about self-love in love relationships. You're going to explain to us what that means very shortly. But you've Absolutely. got a story to tell us. Yes. So, as you all know, I'm a life coach, yes. and so I'm posting lots of posts on my personal Facebook page, which mm-hmm. I never used to do, and so lots of. Lots of old friends of mine are actually getting back in, back in touch with me and That's asking good. me for advice and questions. And I'm certainly, you know, the guru on Facebook. Anyway, and so this old friend of mine, I haven't spoken to her in about five years, and she asked for advice. She had recently been kind of flirting with um, a friend of hers, and you know, she saw all the signs, and she was sure that they were going to fall in love, and it was going to be her mm-hmm. happily ever after. And so, um, well, you know how it is. You're kind yep. of you know, looking for signs and does he like me? Does he like, does he not like me? And so um, she made the first move. Wow. And guess what happens? He loved her. He didn't. He didn't? Oh, no. <laughs> and so she was devastated. She, she was. put all of her hopes in that one potential relationship and it didn't happen. So what did you do then? Well, that's the question. What would you do, Ken? Well, I'd just get on with it. I'd say, well, uh, it's, it's, that's very practical that's, you know, of that's you. Just, that's the way it is, you know. Uh, there's no good hanging around because there's another bus coming along. That's what they would say in the good old mm. days. But, yes, I suppose it would be devastating and maybe uh, such a dent in your ego that it would take a long time to get over, perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. I think my friend was kind of looking for that potential relationship, that potential, you know, um, Prince Charming mm-hmm. to kind of fill in the certain voids in her life. You know, she was looking for this guy to fill, to, I guess... Um, yeah, meet some of her expectations in life. You know, some you know maybe in ways that she couldn't love herself. Then maybe that guy could love her in that in the well, in those ways. You know what I mean? And so that's how she found herself really devastated and really disappointed. Really, and you know she started to have have all those questions. You know, am I really beautiful? Am I worthy? Am I smart enough? Am I good enough? And that's because she had put all of her hopes in that one mm. relationship. And because it didn't happen, then she found herself worthless. Self doubt. Sneaks in, doesn't it? That's right. But I wonder, um, maybe she was looking for something that wasn't there, but she thought was there. Yeah, well, that's all the seduction flirting kind of game, yes. isn't it? It's just a, a question of, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of like when we did when we were children, you know, we would have a flower and pick. Each yes, petal he in loves me, legs, he, he loves, loves me not. not. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and turns out he didn't really love her and wasn't ready for a relationship. Were they young people or were they old people? Young people. Young like I'm you? I'm a young woman, Ken. Yes, a young woman. <laughs> I wonder, that's a good point that you raise up because you are quite a young woman. That's right. And I wonder when people come to you for advice, now I'm not saying your peers because obviously this friend of yours is a similar age to you and she's probably very comfortable talking to you about issues 
that we just spoke about right here. How do you relate to older people? I mean, if someone, just say a woman my age or uh, an old guy came along and said, look, I've got these problems, might they look at you as saying, hmm, I wonder if this kid, for want of a better word, <laughs> has enough life experience to actually advise me? Is, is, that a point that, is that a fair point for someone to raise with well, Is there an age barrier? I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know? Well, people want to work with me. And so I have a big online uh, presence on social media. Mm-hmm. And so people can get to know me through these posts, through these pictures and stories that I relate yeah. and that I talk about. So when people want to talk to, to work with me, they want to work with me. Indeed. And so um, I understand what you're saying about life experience. And the only thing that I can uh, really... Um, yeah, base my work on is my own experiences and what I've learned from sure. my experiences. And if that doesn't relate to you, if that doesn't resonate with you, then probably another another practitioner or another coach will be better for you. Because and you so, can live yeah. a lot of life in the years that you've lived. <laughs> well, we've all lived and we've all learned our lessons and you know our experiences from those things. And so what I've learned is that the only reason why we're here is to love and to be loved. That's our main purpose in life. What advice did you give to your friend who got the dump? <laughs> well, we talked about her expectations um, about the potential relationship. And we talked about how it related to her um, sense of self-worth. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. And my advice to her that was that she would need to learn to love herself first mm-hmm. and before actually being ready to start a relationship with someone else. Do you think that when we enter a relationship with someone that we should really put our cards on the table? And say, my expectations moving forward are these? Absolutely. What are yours? Because the problem is, and you know, you mentioned it earlier that you're looking across the table, you're madly in love with this creature who's in front of you, this beautiful <laughs> creature in front of you. You don't know anything about them. And you, you know, you must admit that uh, early on in relationships, everyone is on their best behavior. You know, guys open doors for you, they bring you flowers, you cook the favorite meal, you know, you're always nice, let me rub your back, and then all of a sudden you get into that relationship, and a lot of that stuff just doesn't continue. So, that's just life. That's sad life. It is a sad life, but that's what, happen- <laughs> that's what happens, isn't it? Um, it didn't happen for me, fortunately, but I guess it's... it's um, this kind of definition that we have about romance, about love, mm. and about romantic relationships. Yes. You know, what do you expect from that kind of romantic relationship? We kind of, when I talk to my clients, we, we, most of them have this idea that when you fall in love, you will be happy, you will be mm. satisfied, you will have fun in your life every single day. You will but, not. Um, once you get married, <laughs> once you get into a long-term relationship, you know that it's different and that actually relationships actually require you to work on yourself and to be patient and to, you know, forgive often. That's why a lot of relationships <laughs> that's why a lot of that's why a lot of relationships fail, doesn't it? Because it's not quite what it was like when you first started going out. What happened to the good times? Well I guess it depends what you're expecting from that relationship. Like I said, actually, I have a fantastic definition here that I wrote down, especially for this show. Mm. And and it's about the difference between codependency and relationships. So codependency is described as an excessive, what did I write? An excessive emotional or psychological reliance on a partner, typically a partner who requires support due to an illness or an addiction. So here it's a relationship where one other person requires something at all times from the other person. So it's not really a relationship. It's a, you meet this need or we can't be together. And a relationship, um, on the other hand, is rather more about two people coming together to support, uplift, encourage, and empower each other. 
believe it or not, I wrote down a similar thing. I wrote a relationship should be a partnership, not a codependent situation. Oh my goodness, Ken, you're such a romantic. Who would have thought? I know, who would have thought? <laughs> Some crusty old guys are romantic. Here I am. But yet, you're saying, what you're saying is 100% true. But it is. I mean, you know, if you are already happy within yourself and you're already whole, you know, complete with who you are, you're happy with who you are, you love yourself just the way you are, then you'll be more able to enter a relationship with someone else who is at the same point in their lives. Whereas if you're, you know, expecting someone to make you happy, then, well, that person is never going to meet those needs. And then they're never going to live up to your expectations. That's right. And if they change or if they leave you, then who are you? That's probably not going to be a... It's not so much going to be an issue for, say, someone like yourself because uh, you're not newly married, but, you know, you're newly in a relationship. And if your relationship continues for the next 40 or 50 years... Which I you, hope it does. Yes, I'm sure, I'm sure it will. But you're going to grow old with that person and there's another thing you won't know about each other, which is a great thing. But if you decide at some stage that um, the worst scenario happens and you, you go a separate way, or particularly as you get a lot older, for instance then it's very hard to find someone to meet expectations with, isn't it? Because in many respects, you're stuck in, not in a rut, but you've, you, know, you do what you do, and it's either someone fits in with you or too bad. Well, you've been in a relationship for a lot longer than I have, so give us your advice. Look, I'm pretty cruisy. I just How do go, you keep your relationship I, I just go romantic. with the flow. You know, uh, well, <laughs> you know, often I would bring flowers for my wife or chocolates not all the time oh, because then works you know, for me too yeah it's so and it's just a matter of doing nice things and it doesn't take much to keep a relationship going so you don't have to buy a new car you don't have to go on a holiday necessarily that would be nice but every once in a while you know say hey did you know I love you or you yell it out <laughs> I love you <laughs> that's right <laughs> and uh, she shh <laughs> but at the end of the day simple things matter that's right yeah I think it's about, you know, I mean, there, there's this theory that there are five love languages in the world. So the five love languages are, if I can remember them correctly, words of appreciation, so saying I love mm-hmm. you, I value you, I respect you, respect you, quality time, so making a nice meal, having this quality time where it's just the two of you, um, quality time, um, physical touch. Yep. What else? Wait, wait, wait. I know them. Words of appreciation, quality time, uh, physical touch. Um, service, mm-hmm. so you know, um, act of service, and what's the last one? We don't know. We'll, we'll look it up after the show. How's the recording? I need to find. <laughs> like, and the other thing is gifts, of course, of course, gifts. Of course, who doesn't like receiving gifts? <laughs> Everyone likes. Yeah. Gifts. Well, actually, the guy who um, came up with this theory, Gary Chapman, he says that we are all fluent in one language. So for me, my um, my primary language would be acts of service. Mm-hmm. And I have a sec- secondary language as well. What does well. that mean in real terms for the person listening that said, what the heck is an act of service? Well, it's, you know, like, like for example, Richard last night made dinner, cooked dinner for us. Mm-hmm. And God, it felt amazing. Like, it meant that I could just do, for half an hour, I could just do whatever I wanted. And then I would have a meal ready for me. And that made me feel loved. Yep. And so we all have that one primary language that we're more, most fluent in. And then maybe a secondary language as well. But, but when we're in a relationship, then your partner might have another language, which is why for example, if I was trying to cook Richard a meal, but his love language, his primary lang- love language would not be acts of service, then he might not understand what I'm trying to do or what I'm trying to say, which is I love you. Mm. But he might more, he might understand more a cuddle, for example. Mm. That would make him feel loved. Sure. It could sense. be, though, that um, I think most families 
or most couples have a role. You know that uh, most. I'm not being sexist when I say this, but probably most ladies would take care of making the meal in most situations, particularly with older older couples, perhaps. Uh, and it could just be that's what they do every day. It doesn't mean anything about love at all. It's just one of their jobs. You know what I mean? But you're absolutely right that, you know, um, I guess social conventions play a big role in there. And I definitely remember that. My mom used mm-hmm. to make all the meals in our family, and I can't remember my dad ever making a meal. So... Yeah, before my mom left. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> and um, But, you know, times are changing now, and we are getting rid of those conventions and trying to make our own rules. So it, in my relationship with my husband, we're kind of 50-50 with those kind of chores because I hate, um, for example, emptying the dishwasher. I hate emptying the dishwasher. Mm-hmm. So Richard knows that he wants to make me feel loved then he'll empty the bloody dishwasher. He wants to stay in the good, bo- <laughs> he wants to stay in the good books. He's going to empty that dishwasher. <laughs> yes, but, I mean, so... But so you don't have defined roles in your relationship. We have defined roles, and I love to cook more than he does. Mm-hmm. So I might actually cook and bake more than he does. But he, there are things that I don't like to do, and that he likes to do, like vacuuming. He loves to vacuum. Doesn't really? He, isn't that crazy? And I like to do it too because it's very satisfying. You can see a clear difference, you know, and and the cleaning the. Anyway, um, so he would do this thing. You know, it's technically something that's reserved to women, but you know. We've made it. We've kind of decided differently in our family. That makes sense. So obviously, what we're talking about today is self-love in a love relationship. So we, and you've mentioned it many times before, that you need to love yourself before you can love someone else. Do you still stand by that? Absolutely. Well, my point of view is actually it's, it's actually quite funny because when I met my husband, I didn't love myself at all, and so it was interesting because um, as I was on this journey um, to self-love, then so. My, my relationship with Richard actually grew and developed as I learned to love myself. So in the beginning, I was only able to um, show a certain part of me to Richard. But as I grew more, was more comfortable with more parts of me, then I was able to be more present in the relationship, to be more authentic, I guess. It's a funny thing that you say that you didn't love yourself because to the outsider looking at you, and again, I'm not uh, um, having any overtones here, but you're a good-looking woman. And I think that when you look in the mirror, you'd have to think, hmm, not bad. But so the there you are know, things when you inside don't love you. yourself, you don't see. You don't see. Um, why, the why, way, but yeah. why wouldn't you see that? I mean, I because you don't love yourself, and so if I don't love myself, then I will prove myself that I'm not worthy of self-love, mm, of loving funny myself, thing, isn't it? because I have maybe a big nose, or I don't do this, or I don't like the way I laugh, or mm. blah 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 blah. Mm. You can make all sorts of reasons not to love yourself. So you went out of your way to find fault with yourself. That's right. And I was on this journey and I was committed to love myself, but I was also committed to making this relationship with Richard work. And so I had to learn to, learn to love myself. It needed to work. I read a great point uh, when I was doing some research for talking to you today, and that is that uh, when we're looking at ourselves, we should never compare ourselves to anyone. Absolutely. <laughs> because we're unique. And, uh, you know, so why would you be worried about how you look, especially um, in your trade? So yeah, and I guess it's especially true with women. You know, we have a tendency to say, well, that woman is, is smarter, is more mm-hmm. successful, more beautiful. It, it really works with physical beauty and, you know, uh, meeting, I guess, uh, standard beauty standards, you know. I don't know how it is for men, really. I don't think we worry too much about it. Yeah? We get up, my thought, we go. I'm handsome just this, the way yeah, I am. Right. I look in the mirror <laughs> and I say, good morning, Mr. Beautiful. It's you. <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to start the day off with a bit of a laugh. You know, so I mean, why wouldn't you look in the mirror and say, "Yeah, you look okay"? 
You look pretty good. Yeah. I mean, you know, do you ever watch the Fonz in the good old days? Remember the Fonz? You don't remember the Fonz? No, that's not my generation. No, it's much too old for yourself. <laughs> Another thing I read about was that you need to explore your spirituality to, to start loving yourself. I mean, if you're not a spiritual type of person, how would you get around that? I don't think that's actually true. I mean, spirituality, it's, it's kind of this woo-woo word now. I think spirituality is just about... Let's just forget about spirituality. I think self-love is just about embracing um, all aspects of you without mm. judging or criticizing yourself. Sure. Just saying, I am perfect the way I am today, and I embrace myself. I am awesome. Someone said to me, you need to find your happy place. It sounds a bit like a cliche. Is it a cliche? <laughs> um, I don't think I have a happy place. I think... I'm always in a happy place. Are you really? Yeah. Some people are going to say there's no way you could be happy all the time. And actually, well, last week I had I had a big um, disappointment in my life and my business. Mm-hmm. And I was really down. I was basically a slug for an entire week, just, you know, procrastinating sure. and generally whining and complaining about my life. And I was just going through that motion. But then I got, I got out of it and I was back in my happy place. Yeah. I think it's okay to acknowledge that we have emotions and that emotions are neither good or bad. They mm-hmm. just are. Which is a great segue into my next point I wrote down, and that is... You need to be able to let go. What does that mean for you? For me, it just means I don't look back. So I'm not going that way. I'm looking forward. I don't look back and say, oh, what if? Mm. Or, you know, I might, if you, like your friend, uh, that person dumped me off. I might say, mm, I wonder why they dumped me off. They must not have liked me. Why didn't they like me? I wouldn't dwell on it, though. So Because I'm, you know, if you dwell on the past, you never move on. That's so right. if you need to learn to let go particularly past relationships, instead of pining for what might have been, look ahead and think what will be. Well, that's a giant piece of wisdom for us all. Mm. Yeah, I think my friend was suffering a lot because she was thinking about what could have been mm-hmm. or what should have been, you know, and that's what, why she was suffering so much. But I think once she's ready to actually let go, she'll find that actually she's not too, you know, she's, I mean, being by herself is enough. She's enough. Yes, indeed. And she doesn't need a relationship to be happy. She does not. And uh, another good point was uh, make a list of what works for you in your life. That'll make you feel good about yourself. Because surely it can't all be a downhill. Could it be? So what Could kind it all of list be downhill? Would that be for you, Ken? Well, 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 down well, for instance, coming in today, talking to you. That's got <laughs> to be a plus in anyone's book. You know, the person I dealt with before you, that had to be a plus in my book. Mm. Um, I, you know, I probably talk to at least three or four people every day. I interview them at Radio Kidnappers. I look forward to it. So when I get up in the morning, if I was ever grumpy when I get up in the morning, and I'm not, because <laughs> I'm a morning guy, I would think, yeah, well, what have I got to look forward to today? Well, I'm going to talk to four different people. And what have I got to look forward to in the weekend? I'm involved in the theatre. That's to look forward to. I'm going to some shows next year. That's to look forward to. Mm. You know, so what's working for me? Everything's talking to pretty people. good, really. Connecting talking to with people, people, connecting that's people. Right. Yeah, enjoying what I'm doing. Mm. What about you? For me, I think what it's mostly s- spending time in nature. And I'm, you know, I moved to Hawke's Bay in April 2017 now, so it's been a little more than a year. And since then, I'm just enjoying spending time in nature so much. I find this country so incredibly beautiful. Mm. And I go for a horse ride with my friends once a week around mm. Bridge Park. And I am just amazed to see, you know, the incredible scenery in Napier. And we, are, we go over the hills and we see Tamara Peak and we see Mount yes. Erin. And I'm just, that really fills my cup. Which is a great segue into my next point. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> I think it was my show. <laughs> and that is, and you just mentioned it, uh, build a precious community, which mm. in your case is your friends. 
And I think that's what Radio Cannabis is all about, you know, building this sense of community and connecting with each other, remembering that we're actually, we all live together. Mm. And so we might as well make it fun. Absolutely. Yeah. But if you've got half a dozen friends that you can rely on, you don't really need much more than that, do you? You've got a husband, you've got a great life, you've got some great friends. Count your blessings. But you can still be, you know, nice with your neighbors. And sure, we have this absolutely. tendency in Hawke's Bay to just, you know, drive from our house to the supermarket. And we don't talk to anybody. And we might not even have a conversation with the person who's actually, you know, um, how do you call this in English? The cashier? Yes. Yeah. And so we just go to the supermarket and then go to our house. And we just kind of forget that there are so many people living around us. And you look, you know, if you smile at someone, they're going to smile back at you. That's right. That's right. And people, even if we don't talk to people, we know we are still in the sense of community and we all know that we're next to other people. I guess, you know, if you take that time to smile, then who knows what difference it could make. Yep. And I think you could look at anyone, regardless of who they are, and you could find something nice to say to them or about them. (laughs) You know, I used to do that when I was younger. I thought that people were just really sad in, in my in my community, and I would just kind of smile at people and say hello. And you know, I was I was kind of living in a kind of reasonably big city at the time, and people were just so rude because they thought, "Oh, that person, she wants something from me." <laughs> well, that's <laughs> so true. It's a good intention, but it doesn't always work. <laughs> well, what, what might I say to cheer you up? I might say, "If I didn't know you, wow, those are beautiful earrings." They are. They ca- they come from Venice. And look, My mother-in-law gave them to we've me. We've started a conversation about Venice already. I could say, have you been to Venice? I have, and I didn't like it. And you didn't like Well, I've been there too, and I loved it. So, Did you? So now here we are, strangers. We've started a conversation. <laughs> I've mentioned you've got nice earrings. You must feel good about yourself. Mm. Well, I think, you know, um, having the sense of community and having uh, the sense that we actually belong to Hawke's Bay, and that's actually, you know, a big issue in New Zealand, you know, do we really belong in this community? Do we really belong in this land? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, what was I saying? We were talking about self-love, feeling good about yourself. I can't remember what I was saying about this. We were saying that um, you were saying about a sense of community, but I, th- I think that regardless of who you mm. talk to, if you can make their life a bit better, then your life can't be too bad. That's right. I'm still trying to find what I was talking about, <laughs> and I can't remember it now. That's okay. We're just about running out of time, actually, so... Um, if we wanted to come and see you about uh, some self-love, you know, how to start off on that, on that <laughs> you road. You sounded really bored when you said that. <laughs> Not me. I was just deep in thought. How am I going to phrase this? But if you want to come and see you, because it sounds so simple, but I don't believe it is. I think it's very simple, but we make it complicated. You know, there's this um, a guy who have the, has the theory that we are all beings of light, that mm-hmm. we are, we're all light in that yeah, the core of us is just light and love, yeah. as cheesy as it sounds. But, um, and so the light, he says, is like um, a light bulb. And as we go through life, we put um, a lampshade of worry and frustration yes, and that's true. resentment and hurt and anger and all those things. And so we have many, many lampshades over that light bulb. And so at some point, we, you know, other people cannot see our light bulb anymore, but still there, it still shines bright. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then... You know, further down the road, you actually forget that the light is there, but it still is. So that's self-love. That's just uncovering one lampshade, getting rid of it, but not needed anymore, and then you go back to your truth. Indeed, well said. Now, if we want to come and see you, just one. Oh yeah, that was the original question. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. Where are you? How do we get hold of um, you? Actually, the easiest way to get in touch with me is to go through my website, so mydawninglight.com. And oh, actually, I have some great news to share with you guys. Yes, too. So I have decided to create a self-love online course. So it's an eight-week journey to self-love. And so it means that anybody can do it and from anywhere in the world. 
So yeah, go to my website if you're interested. Lots and of, of course, there. and yes. we stream your program worldwide anyway. Absolutely. So someone sitting in England can say, "Well, I'm going to tune into that uh, that very happy young lady." <laughs> did, you sure give, did. Did, you, did you give your phone number out as well? Can uh, I ring you? Or did, does I prefer people to contact me via email. Otherwise, I get okay. You know, give us the email address again. Oh, my email address, um, Celine at mydawninglight.com. But if you go on my website, you have lots of contact forms where you can just get in touch with me really easily. Or if you visit Radio Kid- that? Yes, that is great. If you visit Radio Kidnappers, of course, and uh, go to our download page, we have a download page for you, and your details are on there of how we can Yay. contact you directly. As always, our pleasure. You look after yourself. Talk to the same time, same place next time. <laughs> See you again. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a volunteer-based community access station. For more information, go to www.radiokidnappers.org.nz. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this program available through funding the Access Internet Radio Project.